This episode is brought to you by Meow Wolf. Manifest unique family memories at Meow Wolf Denver. Quantum travel is the most comfortable way for Earthers of all ages to explore a playground of imagination. And why visit just once when this immersive experience reshapes every time you enter? C Street is my favorite because C Street has this vibe of like 80s dystopian. There's like slime coming down the walls and there's weird posters. And then of course, the secret club. With the annual Portal Pass, drop by Convergence Station as much as you want for less than the cost of two adult tickets. So if you plan to go twice, it's worth it. Plus, enjoy discounts, special offers, and so much more. Get the annual Portal Pass and spend quality space time with your favorite Earthers today. Learn more at MeowWolf.com. That's MeowWolf.com. Today on CityCast Denver... The first week of 2023 is almost over. How are those New Year's resolutions going so far? We're gearing up for more politics, with the state legislative session starting on Monday. The Dems have a supermajority, so what are they going to do with it? Plus, the stock show is back, and I've got a few surprises up my sleeve. Today is Friday, January 6th, 2023. I'm Paul Caroli, and this is CityCast Denver. Welcome back to CityCast Denver, the show about the city that's still waiting for Southwest to find its luggage. <laughs> Bree? <laughs> you know you... what, Paul? What? what? I was thinking when, when I was prepping for this show last night, I was thinking, I wonder if Paul's joke is going to be, uh, his opening joke is going to be about the Southwest luggage problem. Yeah. <laughs> um, I got lucky and I didn't have to go anywhere. So, and, and my relatives that came into town did not fly on Southwest. Mm. So, so you weren't affected really at all? No, we had a friend of ours here from LA who was worrying that he wouldn't get back in time, but mm. everything was smooth. Uh, I can't say that for tens of thousands of people i mean i felt for people immensely Just a nightmare what a just, nightmare ugh. it was between um it was honestly between the southwest situation and then just the icy roads oh. but i was driving in on lincoln and i saw a billboard for southwest <laughs> and it's that red-headed guy that bearded redhead smiling <laughs> at me and he it was like two free check bags and i was like i don't know check bags to wear <laughs> yeah there might be some hidden costs there buddy. you may or may not get those checked bags back <laughs> yeah Unless a good Samaritan goes to the airport and calls your phone number off your tag like that woman did. Yeah. Honestly, shout out to that person. Thank what you. What a hero. A hero of, uh, of the city. Southwest should hire her as like CEO of baggage handling. Put her on the billboard. <laughs> yeah. She rules. Um, anyway, we have a great guest today to help preview the state legislative session that starts on Monday. Uh, our chief politics and green chili correspondent, Justine Sandoval, is back. Justine, welcome back. Hey, everyone. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Justine, how about you? Southwest, do they do you dirty this uh, this holiday season? No, I'm actually not a fan of Southwest. <laughs> I'm a bag checker, so mm -hmm. that is always at a pill. But I do not like the fact that you select your own seat when you get on because it's chaos. And I'm already like anxious to fly. Mm -hmm. So I need order. I need to know like where my seat is. I don't have to like do the negotiating. So I try not to ever fly Southwest for that reason. But they got expensive. I think they got well, a little pricey. I know you fly a lot. Yeah. So you're not flying Southwest. No. And it's funny. Well, I don't even want to admit this, but I'm often a spirit airlines okay wow the airlines that like you sit in a lawn chair and you're lucky okay to get frontier there? is the lawn chair when <laughs> spirit has some cushion on their seats and it's only actually out of necessity i go to miami a lot because my partner lives there and it's just like the 
it's really affordable. Sure. But mm. also the times always work with my schedule and no other airline does. Yeah, if that's so. the, if it's hitting your destination all the time. Yeah, you, and I've never make had some a, concessions. Never had a problem with spirits so far. Knock on wood. Our pilot didn't show up once. <laughs> but, no big. You know, but they waited. They found a new guy. Hmm. We we're only delayed like an hour. How about the how about the icy roads? I feel like before we get into the politics situation, that's kind of like been the, the controversial topic right now. Justine, is this not just? par for the Denver course like do you not feel like this is just how it is every year not saying that we should resign ourselves to it but like I feel like the outrage is a little weird because I I feel like this is what the roads always look like yeah this is nothing new I was actually speaking a partner in Florida I was trying to explain to him (laughs) about like the snow plows he had so many questions like how do you do this so I was like there's CDOT but then the city and county of Denver also clears our own streets but yeah it's always every year there's this conversation if we don't have a snowy year it's not an issue when we have this situation where it snows and then freezes over right. on us we deal with this and i think that there's you know there's always talk to you about whether the city budgets is enough money for snow plows every year and what that looks like and mm. It's interesting because right now a couple of candidates for mayor are like trying to take this on, right? Yeah, and being like, "What is our city doing?" And everybody's like, "Do you do you know how it works? Like, it it is an organized system. Whether or not it works as well as folks would like it to is another question. But hmm. I don't know. I live I live right off of two like main arterials, so my street gets plowed. Yeah, my I live on so a cul-de-sac, like the only cul-de-sac in Denver. <laughs> yeah, I was like, you live in the city and you live yeah. in a cul- on a cul-de-sac? Yes, one of the like two that exist in Denver proper, hmm. but they don't really plow us out. But I'm like, right there by the main street, so you just got to get out of your block. Yeah. And really the trick is good tires. It doesn't yeah. matter what car you have, just as long as you have tires that don't grip or you grip the snow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and like go a little bit slow and be aware. I, I say know. that as someone with new tires this year who had bald tires last year. <laughs> so I'm like, everyone, you just need tires. You just need like, to be like me. I have a superiority complex now. <laughs> well, I have a new tire. So. <laughs> um, all right, well, let's jump into our, our big topic for the day. Um, I mentioned this. It's, uh, it's politics season again in Colorado and, and nationally. That's maybe even the bigger story is we got this um, – Speaker of the House vote situation. I guess the Republicans still can't pick one, but that means that our two new Colorado representatives, Brittany Pedersen and Yadira Caraveo, haven't been able to be sworn in. I don't know what that's like. That's got to be weird. Um, But here in Denver, it's the state legislators arriving probably around now. I don't really understand how it works. That's one of the things I want to hear from you, Justine, is they're arriving around now because they start on Monday doing doing the business of lawmaking. (laughs) Maybe. Yeah, let's start there. Justine, what what are what are they thinking about? What's happening right now? Yes. Well, so Monday, there are two opening days in Colorado, not just the Rockies. (laughs) Okay. There is a very important opening day for all the policy wonks and political nerds out there. Equally good for the bars downtown. Oh, yeah. There's a lot of drinking on opening day for the Colorado legislative session as well. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, basically, um, newly elected lawmakers are have been preparing for um, Monday for the past several months since their election. And, you know, they do a lot of prep work, getting staff together, getting their bills drafted and ready to go. And um, Monday morning, they will gavel in um, to a Democratic supermajority, which I think this is, you know, there's been several sessions now where the Dems have been um, the majority, but it is quite significant this time, the Democratic majority 
Um, so that'll be something to watch. Right. They control the Senate. I think they have a veto-proof majority in the Senate, and they control the House, and obviously Jared Polis, Democratic governor. So sure. they control everything. Sure. Yeah. That's So they, they, they could do anything they want. Yeah, right? we officially like blue then. Are we no longer purple? You know, we say we think that, okay, Dems have the supermajority now. We can get anything done that we want. But that's the real problem. I think, you know, once you can have the supermajority, but there's still, you know, infighting amongst, you know, people in the party on how we get things done or what the approaches are. I think there, you know, Democrats have a consensus on, you know, a fixing education funding, affordable housing, all of these like social issues. But how we go about that is like the big question. I always say it's like the mob, like the in-family fighting is the worst. You know, that's like the most dangerous territory. It's easy when you know like the other side and what you're opposing. But when you have to navigate through your own party, I think it's going to be it's going to be a lot more difficult. And we've already seen that because this is we've seen this go down since we've had the majority with a lot of infighting, I think. That's hmm. interesting. Hmm. Brie, what are you thinking about this year? I mean, last session, I remember we covered like the fentanyl bill was a huge one. Housing seemed like it was a big issue in the, in the state government for the first time. I mean, it feels like deja vu to me. Those would be my two mm-hmm. issues. Uh, I don't think the fentanyl uh, crisis was handled appropriately. I don't think criminalizing, further criminalizing folks was the answer. Um I'm su- I'm surprised and not surprised that that's the way things went. But if I was a legislator, those would be things I would be working on was how can we obviously I would be working hand in hand with the Harm Reduction Action Center to figure out what do we need to do? I, again, I drove by today. I saw Ruth and Lisa from Harm Reduction standing on the corner talking to their folks. These are the people on the ground every day talking to folks who are using drugs. And that's who I would be working with to figure out what we need to do. Um, also, affordability is not got, it's not going to get fixed overnight, so I think it's going to be a continual thing that I hope legislators continue to add to in terms of like how we can better make our state affordable across the board because we know this is a rural problem as much as it is a city, an urban problem. Yeah. It's a mountain town's problem as much as it's an eastern plains problem. So I don't know. I, I feel like I would still be working on both those things. Yeah. It seems like the affordability thing is is huge for Polis too. Like every time he talks about it, I hear I, I feel like I hear him talking about this issue in particular, and in that way too. Like how do we make things cheaper for Coloradans right now? Um, Justine, what are you what are you hearing? What are you hearing from people? What do you think the priorities are? What are we going to be talking about? Um, so I think one of the big things, definitely affordable housing, is at the top of the list. Um, but education also is going to be huge this legislative session. Okay. Um, I think there's going to be a big attempt to rewrite old school finance policy. That's interesting. Yeah, there's been, you know, outdated school finance policy in Colorado for a long time and a lot of issues with um, how that funding is allocated throughout the state. We're often, you know, wealthier districts will get a lot more resources in schools that really need it. Um, And so there's been a lot of dispute the years of how that money is distributed. So I think that there will be a big attempt. um, And that's, um, you know, both parties are interested in fixing that and agree that that needs to be um, fixed. But we Hmm. will see there's opinions on how it how that money sure. yeah goes so you'll see you know um i think a lot more republicans wanting to see that money follow students into the district um which will be kind of a battle with education education's been a huge thing too when it comes to like school choice right. funding um you know 
all of these school boards take over conservative school boards charters charters schools, I mean, yeah post-pandemic online oh, learning yeah what, what teachers have gone through what students have gone through the long-term repercussions of those that'll be another years. issue to um the issues with covid and students right. having the, the learning gap their states can have to find ways to make up for that um, going forward. So that, those will be big issues, I think, that they'll have to tackle. Um, but even with the Democrats, there's disagreement on, you know, how those things should be done. So it'll be mm-hmm. interesting to see how education um, plays out in the legislation or the legislative session this year. Hmm. Let's talk about the Republicans for a second, because, you know, they're in the <laughs> minority, a small minority. They got smoked in November. They don't. I think they're still figuring out who their leaders are going to be, or I don't know. I haven't seen they've picked anyone. There's definitely disagreement there. Justine, if you what, take me inside, what are they thinking about? Like, what what are their? How do you how do you handle a situation like this if you're them? So yes, <laughs> lots to say here. I know I mentioned the Democrats um, having infighting, but it's at least functional. I think let's really talk about some chaos and dysfunctional in the party. Um, it's not just Colorado. It's obviously national. It was, we've seen what's going on in the, the House this week. Um, this in, tension between the Trump people or who maybe don't even like Trump so much anymore, but are like Trump-style Republicans, and then the the more moderate Kevin McCarthy types, I guess. is Those are the two sides. Totally. And you see that playing out the same way here. Um, a lot of more radical uh, Republicans, Trump Republicans, um, versus some of just the more regular conservative Republicans. I don't even know what the what the lines are anymore. Um, but you see that playing out here as well. Uh, uh, Republicans are going to be electing new leadership. Mm-hmm. Um, I know they're up in arms by <laughs> the terrible loss they just experienced. And so there's going to be a lot of scrambling for them to kind of find out who is going to lead the Republican Party in Colorado. I guess set the tone then and then pick the strategy and that's that person's job. Exactly. But, you know, I think it'll be interesting because Republicans had a loss here in Colorado, but on their social issues also took a huge hit too. abortion, um, you know, in Colorado didn't their anti-abortion stance hasn't played out for them, you know, as they had hoped. But we will see this year if they're still going to continue to go that route. Um, I have not seen any yet, but I'm sure they're coming. Spoiler alert, there'll be anti-choice bills um, that the Republicans will introduce every year, um, despite what, you know, Coloradans are saying to them. But I mean, year after you're, year. you're making a good point, though. Maybe at some, are we at the tipping point for them where they finally let this go and start focusing on something else because it's just not working? I, we will see. And I think that that will be another thing that they will be divided on as a party. Okay. Um, because I think, you know, some Republicans are seeing that maybe this isn't the issue that we need to focus, hold on yeah. to and focus on. But there are other, you know, Republicans in the state who that is their issue and that they will continue to hold on hmm. to that as a value. And hmm. you've even seen that with like leadership, um, you know, Christy Burton Brown, who's the chair of the Colorado Republicans. I've had interactions with her for years because she was part of the groups leading anti-choice bills, anti-abortion hmm. bills. Um, so that is her her thing. So well, they're not maybe she'll go back up. to that now that she's <laughs> no longer leading Well, she wasn't party. good at that, and she wasn't good at <laughs> this other job either. So. It didn't go well. It didn't go well. <laughs> not exactly a winner. Um, shall we talk about Governor Polis a little bit? Sure. Because he had a huge victory in November and maybe has some national aspirations. Mm. 
How, where, where is he at? What does he want out of this session, Justine? Have you heard anything from him? I've not heard anything as of now <laughs> from anyone. I think it's just been kind of quiet. Mm. I know, you know, it was, it was a great victory for him. He really, <laughs> I mean, it was a landslide. It was a landslide. Yeah. Um, so I know that we've, I've heard you discuss on the show too. Like, you know, he ran on a campaign that was Colorado is great as opposed yeah. to the other side running on Colorado is it's terrible. terrible. Yeah. So I think that, you know, continuing with the Colorado is a great thing. But really, you know, we talked about the affordable housing piece. It's really important for him to continue to make sure that this me- message of Colorado is great also translates into it's also affordable for people who live here. And it's not like uber wealthy people mm-hmm. enjoy Colorado and the rest of us are suffering looking for housing. Yeah. So I think that they're going to have to make a lot of that um um, you know, they're going to have to make that even truer, that Colorado is a great place. Yeah. Bree, how are you feeling about Polis these days? I mean, I don't know. He's fine. <laughs> He's fine. Not He's doing fine, anything I guess. offensive, I guess. Well, I mean, until we fix the major problems here, again, affordability. Like, I, mm-hmm. I don't I don't feel like he's really invested in that in the way that we need a leader to be. Hmm. And sometimes I think that just comes from the fact that when we're securely housed for our whole lives, sometimes folks just don't think about it that same way. And I just, um, I don't know. I, I thought it was a little disingenuous, the sort of ownership of, uh, of the Tabor refund kind yes. of thing. And it just felt very like, I know what's going on here. A lot of people don't because you say Tabor and people fall asleep. But like, it just felt disingenuous. And also like, we're not in some great state of affordability all of a sudden, just because we got one check. Like, have you been to the grocery store lately? It's expensive. Yeah, bring back the caged eggs. Bring yeah. back any eggs. I got a dozen eggs Have you eggs been for to the store? Dozen, there are none. Six bucks. Yeah. Terrible. Like, it just, so that's the kind of thing that I would be looking for is something a little bit more genuine from him on what he's actually doing versus just putting his name on a check and saying, remember when I gave you that money that is actually yours already, so. Yeah. Well, one thing I saw from him, um, I'm just kidding about the eggs, by the way. I'm fine paying $6 for cage for eggs. That's fine. <laughs> I just um, would like some but, eggs. There are none at the store, Paul. <laughs> that's true, though. Avian flu, I guess, has yeah, wiped out that. our Ooh, eggs. It's yeah. tricky situation with eggs right now. Yeah. yeah. Um, but one thing I saw that was really interesting from Polis this week was that he He's um, he's interested in expanding Colorado's uh, rebates and tax incentives for like electric vehicles and mm. electric bicycles and as, as, lawnmowers and stuff. I was like, Connor, our, our dear friend from Westwood pointed out yesterday, like, when are we going to have ride your electric lawnmower to work day? <laughs> <laughs> Good, but I mean, it's gag. it's interesting. I think it's something that the, the city tried. Mm-hmm. Denver tried. I mean, let's give the climate office its due. For sure. Grace Rank. They really spearheaded that and it worked. People liked it. And I think the governor took notice and was like, oh, this could be a thing that I we could continue to promote. I mean, it's one of those things that like, is Colorado going to be at the forefront of mm-hmm. changing mm-hmm. over to electric vehicles? It, whether or not I think electric vehicles are the answer to everything, that's another question. But it's a step in a it's a step in a direction. Yeah. And it seems to be working. Yeah. And it seems to be working, which is cool. Well, let's leave it there. Um, and then we're going to come back and we're going to talk about a, uh, a very exciting event that's happening in Denver starting this weekend. 
All right, and we're back. Let's get into our second big story of the week. Uh, yesterday, for the first time in three years, a bunch of bulls and cowboys marched down 17th Street downtown to kick off the best 16 days in January. It's the National Western Stock Show. Uh, that's exciting, right? I mean, this is always a fun time of year. Everyone puts on their cowboy hats. Justine, are you excited? I am. I mean, the stock show is a yearly tradition mm -hmm. that I always remember as a kid and going. And I like the llamas, so I'm always excited to go see all the llamas <laughs> at the sock show. <laughs> Cute. Yeah, the animals are at the draw for me too. Just like how many different varieties of chickens and like also especially I have to say what I love looking at is like um the posters of like bulls that are available for siring uh I don't know any of the right words to describe this. <laughs> I was this like, is I don't so have not my world. Appropriate to say, but, but it's like dating profiles for for these bulls. They're like the baby like, oh, daddies, the like prime baby daddies. Yeah, okay. It's really fun. Um Bree, what's your relationship with the stock show? How are you feeling about it? I mean, I'm excited to go this year because I haven't probably been since the 80s, um, but the memory is so distinct. It's one of those things that is so Colorado and Denver to me because I remember being freezing. You know, it's like the Parade of Lights, like loved it as a kid, freezing. Mm. Stock show, I mean, we're here in January. It's it's kind of one of those indoor-outdoor venues. You know what I mean? We're dealing with animals, so it's cold. So that's what I would say is bundle up if you're going. Um, but I just, I, it's been so long since I've been, Paul. I'm just really excited to sort of reintroduce myself to it and so you again, are planning on going yeah i think so because my son my son will have never been before so it is great for kids could be his first uh stock show i think it'll be great hmm. what, do, what do you know about it paul being a person who didn't grow up with it uh not much i mean i always feel like a tourist when i'm there i when i when i moved here i i didn't really like do what some people do like take on the western wear affectation that always felt <laughs> disingenuous to me i do like belt buckles that's my one concession to it but um yeah, I, I definitely feel like a tourist. It's not my community, but I do enjoy it. I mean, it's fun. It's fun watching the events, the rodeo. It's a great different kind of thing to enjoy every January. I love that it happens here. Yeah. It's a cool cool event. It is interesting to me that it happens in Denver, considering we don't do a lot of that kind of like 4-H livestock stuff in the yeah. city as much anymore. Well, that's a huge right. moneymaker for the city too, that's right? True. Like they... The city has went above and beyond to make sure that the stock show stays here. So that's I know true. that that's like a huge thing for the city. So they invest a lot. I mean, we have they, a whole complex. I, they tried to build a whole new arena and we said we don't want to pay for that. Right. And we have those new, um, the CSU campus the is campus. being finished, I guess. I think the third building, the third of three buildings is opening around this year's stock show. So that's like a whole new science and research facility for, for agriculture. That's an interesting new thing. It's available for tours, so I might go check that out while I'm there this year. It'd be fun. It'd be fun to see. Do it. Um, there's one other thing I want to talk about the stock show before we get into a little uh, surprise that I've been planning for. <laughs> um, Justine, the politics. The stock show always strikes me as a very political event. How do you like? Are, are, are do we expect to see mayoral candidates there? Like, uh, if you were if you were working with a candidate, would you say like you have to be at the stock show? We have to take some picks for the gram. Oh yeah. Definitely. I think politically, I don't know the actual politics of what's going on with the stock show, but as far mm -hmm. as politics and imagery goes in Denver, yeah, you better be at the stock show if you're running for office <laughs> in any of these municipal elections. It's important, I think. So that's I, another potential draw for visitors. You might, you know, yeah. see somebody. And I think there's some other things that we can highlight about the stock show. Like every year I'd go with my family because we go to the Mexican rodeo, which mm. I always think is funny because like, 
Mexicans like invented the rodeo, like buckeros. So it should just be called the rodeo. Right. But we go to the Mexican rodeo <laughs> and it's just, you know, it's interesting because, you know, my grandparents were born in, in Denver, but my grandfather is rural Colorado. But a lot of them before they came here, you know, live ranch life mm-hmm. and agriculture life. And sometimes, you know, the image of like uh, cowboys is like this white American mm-hmm. image, but really we don't talk about our cow folk of color right. who are, you know, part of the agricultural industry. So there's the Mexican rodeo. There's also the African-American heritage rodeo that's on MLK Day. Huh. So, and those are often, I think, you know, you know, cowboys are not always seen as like black and brown cowboys yeah. who are actually integral to the West. And so it's always interesting for me to see that dynamic. But I think it's really important that people, uh, hi- those things are highlighted, those two events, and that we talk about those. Yeah, that it, oft- it often looks very homogenous from the outside, this world, yeah. this like cowboy ranching culture but it's well, really like not the, true like and also there's just that cosplay element too which is fine i think it's fun it's like to lean into it but the political side of it bothers me a little bit like i do have a very distinct memory of having to rub elbows with albus brooks and brad buchanan in cowboy hats <laughs> yeah. a couple of years ago and i was like what are these fools doing well, what's the other political event they do the wrestlers event all the uh, this one but they all all of the politicians of colorado go dressed as cowboys mm-hmm. to this event every year mm. so i think you know i used to always joke if you run for office and in, in the west or in colorado you need like for me i need like a jean dress some turquoise jewelry <laughs> and cow cowgirl boots <laughs> And the secret is a good fitting cowboy hat. Yeah, yeah. Like if your hat is too big, you look ridiculous. It needs to be the right size for your frame. So, Hmm. which I bet the stock show's probably got a ton of awesome hat vendors. Oh yeah, Yeah. this is probably the spot Hmm. to do it. So, well, all right, listeners, you've heard where we're coming from on this. Um, It's time for some stock show trivia. Oh lord. I've got a few questions. I think some of these are hard. Some of these are pretty easy. Some of these we're going to do prices right rules and just like close this without going over. Um, but I think head to head, Bree, Justine, you ready for this? Let's do this. Okay. <laughs> All right. Question number one. This is a prices right rules one. Closest without going over. So you can each take a guess. How many vendors would you guess are signed up to be at the stock show this year? Bree, I'm going to go to you first. 260. That's it. Interesting guess. 520. Okay, it is 300. That is their capacity. They've been sold out for 20 years. They're always sold out. So, Bree, you get the point. Congratulations. That is an interesting... What does that mean, Paul? <laughs> I, I, I thought it was like guess. way off base. I thought you were going to be like 6,000. Well, I thought it was a really good guess. Four. And then I didn't want to I didn't want to tip any tip Justine off to... 300 sounds was. too bad I can read your face. Hmm. 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 All right, let's move on to number two. Which famous agricultural icon led the parade through downtown Denver on Thursday. Justine, you want to take this one first? I don't know. I forgot the parade was. <laughs> I have a guess. Bring it on. Temple Grandin. Temple Grandin is correct. Oh. Bree, two points, taking the lead. For a bonus point, what is her claim to fame? She invented a horse-hugging machine? <laughs> That's correct again. Bree, three points. Grandin invented a... It's like a, a, a sensory thing, right? Mm-hmm. It's a center track restrainer system that uh, half the cattle slaughtered in the United States and Canada passed through. Her goal was to create a humane system, which she believed was critical for efficiency because frightened animals do not go calmly to their fate. Yeah, and it like squishes them. Wow. Do you know why I know that? 
It's a 30 Rock joke. Oh. Tracy Jordan says, I once got trapped in Tri- Temple Grandin's hugging machine. Oh, my God. Now I get that joke. <laughs> I'm a 30 Rock, but like fanatic. But some jokes I'm like. There are so many jokes yeah. that sometimes you're like, wait, what? They average a joke every 10 seconds on yeah. that show. Hmm. Oh, I love it. So that's hmm. why I know. Pretty good. All right, number three. This one, Justine, you mentioned the economic impact. That's the question here. According to the Colorado Department of Agriculture, what is the ag industry's annual economic impact on our state? We're going to do prices right rules again. Closest without going over. Justine, how about you go first? Oh, the pressure. Um, this ten, is a tough one. Ten million? Okay, that, that ten, like million, ten million. <laughs> I'm going with three billion. Three billion? Three billion is a little bit closer, but both are very low. The impact is forty-seven billion dollars annually. Holy cow! Wow. Yeah. So unfortunately, no one gets the point except for the state of Colorado. How about oh. that? Huge wow. impact. Now I understand the struggle to keep it for real. <laughs> <laughs> they should have pushed that number a little bit better when they were trying to get that uh, arena Seriously. built that none of us wanted. <laughs> Might have rethought that. It. I mean, I maybe. Did not, I yeah. did not realize that. Well, wow. We should be we should be treating the stock show. I mean, we do treat it as royalty. You we treat to, them better. Yeah, yeah, run animals through downtown. So. Now I understand why so many politicians will be walking around. Yes, mm-hmm. <laughs> that's this. That's the secret. <laughs> All right. Next question. There is a popular event that involves sitting young kids on the back of angry oh, sheep yeah. and seeing we which one can hold on for dear life longest. Do you want to Justine? say it at the same time? <laughs> okay. Ready. Mutton busting. <laughs> All right. I'm going to give you each a point for that one. Because my, my best friend in high school's uh, nephew, Stetson, used to do mutton busting. I always wanted I it. to. That was like my dream. I'd be at the stock show as a kid like one day. Maybe they'll <laughs> let me now. I'm pretty small, so I could just <laughs> probably be like you against a seven-year-old. Yeah. Be like, and Justine Sandoval enters the arena, the biggest kid of all. <laughs> Not as much riding a sheep as giving a sheep a hug. <laughs> Just carrying it out. All right, next question. This one's a historical question. Rodeo competitions are now a staple of the stock show with professionals competing for big prize money and to not die. But it wasn't always a rodeo show. What year was rodeo introduced to the National Western Stock Show? I don't know, but I'm very curious. I was like, you have to know, you have to have a closer guess because you know when it started and I don't. Well, I just know I've always went to the rodeo, the Mexican rodeo specifically. Mm -hmm. Um, But I don't. I don't really remember. It's just something as a kid that was always there. So I don't know specifically when it started. Let's take a couple of guesses and we'll do proximity. Whoever's closest. 1943. Interesting. 1950. Bree, you're going to get the point here. The answer is 1931, according to Nine News. Oh, wow. The 25th annual show was that year. Prize money was a total of $7,300. Oh, wow. So when did this talk show start? Oh, we're going to get there. Oh, oh. we are. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I know this one. She actually knows this one. <laughs> um, all right. Next question. One of the great things about the stock show is that everyone gets to put on their best Western wear, even if they couldn't lasso a steer to save their life. And some people take it one step further, moving here and going full Yellowstone 24-7. Which famous Colorado transplant and billionaire restaurateur has most famously adopted the cowboy hat into his own personal style? Kimball Musk? I don't know. I don't know I'm who Billionaire Restaurant. Is that your final answer, Brie? Oh, yeah, billion- and he, wait, uh, Billionaire um, Restaurant Tour and Colorado Transplant. I was gonna, 
I'm just going to give it to you, Bree. That was correct. It's Kimball oh. Musk. Oh. <laughs> Elon's yes. brother. Yeah. I do know he owns a restaurant. I know he owns the kitchen. Mm-hmm. Oh, but oh I didn't realize goodness. it was, I would say I did not know that was a billion dollar enterprise. Yeah. Oh, that's not where he made his billions. <laughs> oh, he owns, oh, that makes he I was starting to think of a billion dollar companies. restaurant. Yeah, I was, I was like, like, do we have like a fast food empire that's from here? Not really. No. Not that that's that big. Um, all right. Our last question, and because Bree, uh, you have six points, and Justine, you have Sorry, one. Justine, I don't know how I knew any of this. I'll be honest with you; I didn't know we were doing this until this morning. Um, this one's going to be worth—I don't know. This is worth six points, so anyone can win here. It all comes down to here. In the wake of the 1893 silver crash, Denver boosters wanted to strengthen the area's already growing agricultural industry by attracting the National Stock Growers Convention. That event was a huge hit and spawned the annual tradition that we now know as the National Western Stock Show. What was the main attraction at the first National Stock Growers Convention in 1898? The main attraction. No, I'm just going to fail This is like an impossible this question. This is such an like, obscure piece of trivia. The main attraction. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Trying to think of the year. Was it like a giant beefsteak dinner? <laughs> that is correct. It was it was a barbecue. It was a I massive thought it was a barbecue. barbecue. <laughs> wow. <laughs> only because I, I interviewed Adrian Miller who wrote mm-hmm. the history of barbecue. Oh, That's why I was like, I think this is that same event. For some Otherwise... <laughs> I know, I swear. For someone who hasn't been to the stock show since the 80s. <laughs> Justine, I swear I did not know we were doing this. I no. I was terrified because I didn't prep. I um, just go because it's in the neighborhood and I like the gigantic corn dogs and llamas. Hey, I mean, so. that's what it's all about. It's I feel like this, you're the legitimate stock yeah. show fan. I am just the imposter <laughs> journalist that knows too much. I don't know. And, and maybe works with uh, the quiz master every day but i'm trying to tell justine i did not know we were doing this you did we didn't set her we didn't set up our guests i would never do that to you no 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 well that's it for trivia congratulations brie we're going to take a short break and then we'll be back with our favorite way to end the week on citycast denver All right, it's the end of the Friday show. That means it's time for the official CityCast Denver maybe for your weekend, as in maybe you'll see us there. Because as usual, there's so many cool things happening in Denver this weekend, and we have opinions. Peyton Garcia rounds up her best bets in our newsletter, Hey Denver, every week, and she's here to give us her top picks. Peyton, welcome back to the show. Hey, Paul. Hey, Justine. Hey, Bree. Hi. Before we get into our picks, we have a little bit of business to do because, Peyton, this is going to be your last maybe for a while. Mm-hmm. Do you want to say why? It's yeah, I, I drove all the way down here, guys. 40 <laughs> minutes at 39 weeks pregnant to do this final CityCast maybe in person with you. Um, I will be leaving for three months to welcome a tiny little person into the world. Yay. I'm so proud of you, but I was up all night. I'm so anxious about you being gone. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm leaving you in really, really, really good hands. That's true. That's true. And and joining us here to to help us with this uh, this last maybe before Peyton's leave is our our temporary fill-in newsletter editor, Adrian Gonzalez. Welcome to the show, Adrian. Hey, hey. Thanks, Paul. So, Adrian, tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, uh, Mexican-born, been here for a long time, grew up in Longmont. Uh, I don't know why I'm giving you like the 10-second elevator pitch. Like, <laughs> like I just ran into a businessman. Please hire me. Um, Here, here's my LinkedIn. I'm just going <laughs> to summarize it real quick. <laughs> let me let me hit you with a couple of lightning round questions so listeners can Ooh. get to know you a little bit. All right. 
Chipotle or Legal Pete's? Chipotle. Snarfs or Chiba Hut? Snarfs. What Denver park do you spend the most time in? City Park. Okay. I think that's good for now. We'll obviously get to know you more. I was like, I feel like we really touched the surface of our food situation here. And Adrian, we are doing you no justice by asking. Yeah, what Chipotle? That's a important questions. Maybe they're just important to me. I don't know. Anyway, let's get to our let's get to the weekend because that's what people are curious about. What to do this weekend? So I understand that Peyton, you've picked a couple things, and Adrian, you've picked a couple things to tell us about. Who wants to start? Um, I'll go ahead and kick us off because uh, my uh, events that I'm recommending are happening tonight, Friday night. Um, so the very first one that I want to recommend is something called an Inspira, Inspira hike. Inspira hike. Have you guys heard of that? Inspira hike. No. Like an inspirational hike? hike. Yeah. Yeah. So it's the company that puts it on is actually called Inspira hike and they do it over at the regional bluffs in Lone Tree. Um, but hmm. it's kind of cool. And I just thought this, it sounds like something really fun for the start of the new year. If you're looking for a way to kind of like manifest some mindfulness, what they do is you get these, um, nice headphones and they like curate this like really nice inspirational playlist. And you guys, so you're with a group, right? And you guys are all listening to the playlist. So you're not talking, but you're all hiking together and you have oh. this like really oh. calming meditative playlist and it's a guided hike. So you have a guide who's taking you through and it's just supposed to be like, they aim for it to be like a really transformative experience. And I've recommended this in the newsletter before. It just sounds like really cool to me. So like, I think the weather's supposed to be pretty decent. I mean, maybe a little chilly, but get out there if you're looking for a way to get your steps in and maybe meditate a little. If you've never hiked before, I feel like that'd be a good yeah. starting point because it can be a little intimidating if mm -hmm. you don't know what to do or where to go. Yeah, hmm. that's a great. And my start. thoughts are like, I mean, I think it's you're at the regional bluff, so it's like it's not like it's a super hard hike. They're not taking you in, like deep into the Rockies, and then you'll meet some other people who kind of have that same like mentality. You're all going there to get something kind of introspective out of it so mm. that's kind of my new year wreck like that. That event wreck good good for the time yeah justine does that sound like your cup of tea oh um <laughs> let's <laughs> <All> see <right. laughs> now i like i hike a lot um yeah. I hike probably once or twice a week but i really hmm. don't ever add the music element or the sound element because i'm trying to be aware to yeah, what's going on. <laughs> like yeah something's gonna jump out at me or you know just being aware of the sounds so i don't like to always incorporate like music into my hikes but i could see how that could be like calming and how it could be something that you'd want to do as like a group and, yeah yeah hmm. yeah it's 20 i should mention it's 25 dollars um and it is it starts at four and lasts about 75 minutes at four yeah hmm. it's kind of late and it's gonna be dark in the evening, <laughs> in the <laughs> evening. they call it too it actually looks like this is their new year so this Fridays is the New Year full moon in Spirit Hike, which to me sounds very pleasant. Oh, yeah. It is beautiful. And somewhere. night hiking is yeah, really cool. If y'all haven't done night hiking, it's fun. Yeah, I went to Ballarat. Okay, you, you do the night I hike. I didn't get to do Ballarat. <laughs> I wasn't in public school yet. So, um, Okay, but I'll, yeah. I'll pass it off to Adrian now. What's, I'll let you do one. Well, this weekend, if you don't find me at the stock show, which is probably where I'll be most of the time, wearing mm -hmm. my, my three dozens of hats that I keep accruing. <laughs> I was thinking of you when we were talking about hats. I was like, we have someone in this room who has many beautiful hats. The, the hat collection is growing. Um, don't ask my partner about it. It's hard to fight. <laughs> um, similar to the hike, I actually, I don't know if you guys have ever been to the, uh, 
the sensory friendly mornings at the Denver Art Museum. No. They're fantastic. They're so it's it's just what it sounds like. They set up this these mornings that are quiet. They dim the lights, um, and I think it was originally set up for folks that have kids with sensory issues, uh, neurodivergent. But you can go whether you have a child. If you just, I, I used to love. I used to live right by the by the dam, and I love those mornings. That sounds like the ideal way to experience the art museum. Yeah, it's less kind light, of less noise. Less people. Yeah, I would love that. Less crowds. It's quiet, uh, which is actually one of the things that I've enjoyed post-2020 uh, um, is the timed entry. It's it's nice to be in there without all the crowds, but this is like the next level. It's quiet. It's nice. I used to go and sit and just do some writing and drawing. All right. What else we got? Um, my next one is also, well, this actually happens all weekend, and I've I've recommended this program before through Colorado Symphony. Um, it's, it's Movie at the Symphony, and the reason I'm bringing it up this weekend is because it's Harry, Harry Potter. Potter. I was like, it's going to be Harry Potter. Because <laughs> if you know anything about me, I'm a Harry Potter freak. Uh-huh. And um, so this weekend they're doing Harry Potter. They have a showing on Friday night and Saturday night at 730, and then they have like a, an afternoon one on Sunday as well. Kids tickets are $10. Adult tickets um, vary from like $70 to $120, depending on like your seating. And if you don't know what movie at the symphony is, it's when the Colorado Symphony Orchestra plays the original film score alongside the movie as it's projected on screen. So it'll really bring the magic of Hogwarts to life, or at least that's what I hope. Which, there's a lot of Harry Potter movies, right? This is the question. It is the first Harry Potter. Okay. Is that divisive for you, Paul? I don't know. If I'm going to rewatch one, it's probably going to be Half-Blood Prince. Yes. I don't like the ones where they're really young. But they have, okay, agreed, but they have the best score. That's like, I I would get, because that's like the original Harry Potter, so they have all of the like, you know? (laughs) Go on. Yeah, you know, you get it. Um, This is all news to me, so I'm, I'm taking it in. Okay. All right. All right. What's our, what's our fourth one, Adrian? All right. So if you are not one of those people that are doing dry January, um, Sunday, <laughs> those loses. The opposite of dry January. <laughs> uh, Sunday, those loses is having a fun chef dinner uh, in their brewery. So if you don't know about those loses, uh, beautiful, beautiful tap room uh, just off of South Broadway. Um, so I'll read a little bit of the description here. It says, explore the history and cultural dif- uh, influences of Colorado cuisine through an intimate tasting menu curated by Chef Jared. Paired with brews from those loses. So beer and food, tickets are $85 a piece. I don't think they've released their menu yet, but um, it's hard to miss. Where's those loses? Just off of Broadway and uh, a little bit south of I-25. I'm not sure what the cross street is. It's close to Adelitas. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. I was like, I can't picture it. Okay. That's what I like to like stop there before going to Adelitas. It's a very nice way to pair them together. And they do, um, I can't remember if I'm, Adrian, you might have to help me, but the beer that they like specialize in, it's like that. It's is it chicha? Am I? I just looked chicha. this up. Yeah. Chicha and pulque. Yes. I went to a. Pul- I was in Mexico City, escaped yes. the cold for the holidays, and went to a pulqueria down there. Had a great time. I've been meaning to go to Dos Luces to try theirs. What's so the chicha? I'm very intrigued by this. Is that like a flavor? I don't. Really, I don't no, they're like they're like special. Um, like corn, uh, corn, corn based, corn based, right? I don't know cool. chicha. I know pulque is like um, it's like an alcoholic drink, uh, lower alcohol content typically than beer, and it's made from the maguey plant. And you tip, tend to sweeten it and add a flavor to it. And the, the special part is that it's a little bit more viscous 
than we're used to here. Yeah, it's a little um, milky. Yeah, uh, yeah. it's a, it's an interesting yeah. taste to get used to. If you're used to beer, it's nothing like beer. If you're used to yeah. uh, tequila mezcal, is not really. So somewhere in between, it's a little milky. Uh, the chicha, it's the, the the thing is that they're all um, gluten free because they're made from corn, not the wheat. Uh, so that's the, the chicha style. Hmm. Oh. So if you have a gluten allergy and mm-hmm. want to try some beers, I will say the flavors are like out of town. They're they're really interesting. They have a couple of different things that if you were just a regular beer drinker, you might like, but be prepared to elevate your taste buds. Okay. And try it looks new. like they have um, non-alcoholic alternatives to beer. Because I would like to try that. Yeah. Yeah. So. And they have some regularly at the, at the tap room if you cool. just want to stop and get non-alcoholic. Okay. Uh, yeah. All right, so we got Inspira Hike, we got Sensory Friendly Morning at the Dam, we got Harry Potter and the Symphony, and we got a paired dinner at Dos Luces Brewery. Justine, They're all really different. What are you leaning towards? Yeah, this is a really different mix. Yeah, I'm I'm a huge fan of the Colorado Symphony, so I really like that. And they did Star Wars. You're Harry Potter, I'm a Star Wars. <laughs> the original Holy Trilogy, though, for me, was Star Wars. Um yeah, so I think that sounds great. And I know tickets are kind of pricey, which is why I haven't been going as often. Mm-hmm. But the $10 kids tickets, I mean, deal. that's good. So you're not paying $7 each kid, too. Like, yeah, that's a good deal. Yeah. There's like, like crafts that. or something, too, before, like Harry oh, Potter themed crafts that you can take your kid to before. That is interesting. It's, it's, I think I could go for that one. I could be convinced to do that one. I think sensory friendly morning at the dam is most appealing to me. Brie, how about you? I'm kind of torn because I, like, again, I'd like to take my kid to both of those. Like, I think, I don't know if he's quite ready to sit (laughs) through a movie. (laughs) He's in a screaming his head off phase. So Mm -hmm. that also might not be great for the sensory uh, Mm. morning. Mm. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. What are you guys thinking? I have to say, Adrian has really tempted me with this Dos Luces I know. I was like, it kind of sounds fancy. I mean, maybe that's just someone who, like, hasn't been able to been able to have a full meal or alcohol for nine months but (laughs) it just sounds awesome all right i think that might be it do we have consensus is it dos luces the paired dinner i think so i think it's something new food and beer always heck yeah all right there you go the official citycast denver may be for your weekend but there's way more where that came from uh peyton and adrian have got plenty more recommendations in our newsletter hey denver which you can subscribe to right now by texting the word denver to 66866 peyton Adrian, Bree, you just point at your Justine. Belly? <laughs> I was. <laughs> no. <laughs> all right, all right. I think we're done here. See you all next week. Thanks, yeah, guys. Bye. bye. <laughs>that's all for the week here on CityCast Denver. Our producers this week were me, Paul Caroli, and Aaron O'Toole. Peyton Garcia and Adrian Gonzalez write our morning newsletter, Hey Denver. Bree Davies is our host. Our music is by Los Mococetes, with additional mixing by Tyler Lindgren. If you haven't already, subscribe wherever you get your podcasts, follow us on Twitter at CityCast Denver, and tell Temple Grandin about us the next time you see her. You can sign up for Hey Denver by texting Denver to 66866 and learn more about us at denver.citycast.fm. See you next week. My fun stock show story is when we were in college and the stock show would come into town and we'd be like broke and want to go out drinking. You go to the bars or Teddy's, the old nightclub. Oh, yeah. And DJ all- Hijinks, I used to go dance at Teddy's all the yes. time. And the like... 
stock show. Those guys have money. Some of these ranchers are like balling. So we would just like go sit at the bar and they'd buy us drinks all night. So that way. Toss your shoulder back. Yeah. I just sit there and then all the cowboys like, hey there. (laughs) Yeah. I'm like, can I buy you a drink? I'm like, I like your style. That's on here. I like your style. (laughs) 